0: Ladies and gentlemen, sports fans alike, welcome to another edition of Bill Swirsky's Sports Talk Chicago. One of the couple, two, three best podcasts around. So, sit back, grab yourself a cold one and a polo sausage, park your keister in the front room, and listen to Bill Swersky Sports Talk Chicago.
1: In Chicago, you know that all sports rock. The Bears, Hawks, Bulls, Cubs, and Sox. Pick your favorite
0: Everybody, welcome to another edition of Bill's Worski Sports Talk Chicago. This is your hosts, Alex and Sean. On this episode, we're going to be talking about another Bears loss, uh, promising news from the Blackhawks, the Bulls getting ready to start their season, uh, and some baseball tidbits. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, the Rockford Ice Hogs. If you're not familiar with the Rockford Ice Hogs, they're the AHL minor league affiliate of the Chicago Blackhawks. What does that mean for you? You could see the stars of tomorrow today at family-friendly, affordable prices. The season starts this coming Saturday, October 21st. So make sure you head on over to IceHogs.com, get a hat, shirt, jersey tickets, and more. Tell them Swirsky Sports sent you. And by the way, on Saturday, they'll be playing the Chicago Wolves, so it'll be a good game. Alex, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I mean... You know, being a Bears fan, I'm guessing I'm about doing as well as I can expect to be doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Man, what what a what a boring, uninteresting, just garbage game on Sunday. Like that's that's the whole thing. Like I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, man, this game is dull. It's a really bad team versus a, I would say, meh, middle of the road team.
0: It I wasn't say, exciting at all. I would say without without their best player, they're a sub, sub-mad team. With their best player, they're a mad team. And the Bears, I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I, I called this. I was like, you know, we saw the Bears have success against two really bad defenses. And Minnesota is a, a, a middle-of-the-road defense. They blitz a lot how are the bears going to respond? I really want to see that because before they start playing some good defenses, they're going to need to show that they can win against a mediocre defense. And the bears, I just want to start off is the bears were not prepared for the number one blitzing team in the NFL to blitz.
1: What did it tell you on the first play of the game when Justin Fields gets sacked, when they just walked right up to Justin Fields and sacked him, not even getting touched. Just the easiest sack you'll ever see on the first play
0: of the game. It set the tone. It set the tone. And here's the thing is Luke Getzey is a moron. I I don't know how (laughs) to say it. Like (laughs) like, maybe he knows how to pump his gas and tie his shoes, but he doesn't understand football. If you're playing simple, like he, like there's no way that he watched film on the Minnesota Vikings and was like this is the play or the game plan I'm putting together i i think they just he has a static game plan and he's like we're going to do this and that's it and that's fine if you have a really good offense like the Kansas City Chiefs they can go out there and this is what we do uh a good example would have been a few years ago the Tennessee Titans when um their running back was in his prime and they're like, you know what? We are just gonna line up and we are gonna run over you. And that's what we do. And you have to, you better stop us. The Bears aren't that good to, to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. They've gotta play matchups, mm-hmm. they've gotta protect themselves from things where blitz pickups. There's one instance that just blew my mind is you to so they ran. They ran two consecutive plays, and so they put themselves in the third and long, which was already bad enough. And you know the blitz is coming. The blitz comes right between the guard and center gap. And who do they have in there to pick up the block? Do they have their their fullback, who's been on the team for a couple of years now, knows the playbook and is a bigger guy, and is that's what he does is he blocks – do they have him in there to pick that up? What about Deontay Foreman? No. They have Darrington Evans, to Granted, he played with them for last year, but he, he's he been on this team for four days. That's who they have to go in there and pick up this blitz coming right up the AMB gap. Or the, the guard center gap coming straight in. And they've got a guy who's been on the team for four days and he misses the block and there's a sack you know that first play of the game that's on justin fields he's got the free runner the free blitzer and but on this one is that's luke Getz's poor planning you don't have you're not running slant routes you're not running short plays to go all right we're gonna take advantage of them blitzing so much by running these hot routes and Our guys automatically are in the second and third level. Nope. It's all deep plays when you have a banged up and bad offensive line. It's Luke Getze failed. He get what is what is it? What's below an F? Z. He he got a Z minus like it's it was pathetic. Sean, I have two questions.
1: I have two questions for Luke Getzey. Number one, how come you're not rolling Justin Fields out of the pocket? How come you continue to refuse to do that? And listen, if you want to become a better pocket passer, okay, but this is a game where you are facing the number one blitzing defense in the NFL. You're, You're trying to win a game, you gotta counter your strategy and adjust to the team you're playing, like you said, and yet you're you're not you're not doing what makes sense. Number two, do you remember in the first half when they started running the ball pretty effectively? You remember that drive? Yep, absolutely. Why are why if you, when you're passing if you're not going to roll out, how come you're not doing any play action?
0: Uh, like where where is this stuff? I mean, to be fair, I don't. I think that is one of Justin Fields things where he needs to improve is I don't think he is good at selling the play action, which uh, is fair, uh, but
1: I, I, they why should, not... least,
0: <clears throat> they should at least be attempting it. Right. Excuse exactly. Me, they should, you're right. They should at least be attempting it. Even if he's not, you know, he's not, I hate to say a stupid name, but Aaron Rodgers is really good at it. And, you know, you don't have to well, be no that shit. level. <laughs> you don't have to be really good at it to, to have it be effective. And, and they don't do it, <clears throat> excuse me. They don't do it. And it's, it's sad. Luke Getzey has this in his mind. This is who he is. This is what he does. This is what they do. And, and if they don't have a player that fits exactly what his scheme is, then he feels like he's got to mold that player into the scheme rather than <clears throat> go the other way around. And it's like he didn't learn from the downfall of his predecessor with the Bears. That was the bit one of the big downfalls of Matt Nagy is he's like, well, I don't have the guy I want. So and then he's like, well, I can't win with Mitch because he's not the guy I want. So then he goes out and he gets, you know, they've got Nick Foles. They've got Andy Dalton. They've got guys that he, he handpicked. And it, they're not the guy either. And it's it's if you can't m- manipulate your scheme to a work around weaknesses you have, or b maximize the players that you do have and the skills that they do have, then your system sucks. Period.
1: And everyone just keeps asking the same questions. You know, plenty of people are asking, why are you not rolling Justin Fields out of the pocket more? Why aren't you trying more play action? Uh, There was one play call. It was running up the middle for little gain. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was an opportunity where you could have passed. And you already heard the booze coming out after that happened. And it's, it's like, you know, when that stuff comes out, you know, it's going to be a rough day at the office. and, We saw early on in the game where you were just flabbergasted by how bad the offensive line was playing. Now, here's something that we have to talk about. Because, like you said, the first drive set the tone. The offensive line was very, very bad. That set the tone. But what we really have to talk about when it comes to the offensive line we cannot see Cody Whitehair play center again.
0: Cannot no, do it.
1: Can't, can't do it. Do it.
0: And, and, you know, honestly, is Lucas Patrick's not good at it either? Is <clears throat> I, I, I know I've been, I don't want to say bullish on uh, Doug Kramer. I just want to see what we have in him. And I think they should put him in. He's, he's a natural center. He was a draft pick, and let him go there and play. If he stinks too, then you know you have three terrible centers. But yeah, right. I mean,
1: you you cannot afford to keep uh, Cody Whitehair at that position. You just can't.
0: No, and and that leads to another point I have with this frustration with this this uh administration, this coaching staff. Is I get coaches can't always be a hundred percent honest and forthright about everything. I get that. That's, that just makes sense. Sure. But to lie about so many things that we have the ability to fact check that it's mind numbing. We had an, I mean, how many have we had so far? We had another one where they were, they said, oh no, no, no. Cody Whitehair wasn't pulled because of performance. It's that uh that uh you know uh Lucas Patrick just has some more snaps there and has worked more with Tyson Bajan. So we use that as the opportunity to switch over and uh oh shit. So, number one, if you can go back and you can count snaps. Those are reported. Those are reported numbers. We can go pull them. And the facts show that Cody Whitehair in NFL games has about triple the number of snaps at center than Lucas Patrick.
1: We should know. Cody Whitehair has been forever. We, We saw him start and fail at center while doing better at guard under three coaches now.
0: So we know he... We know Cody Whitehair has almost triple. Like we can look that up. And two, we they asked Tyson Bajin, and he clearly didn't get told the company line, so he's like, "I worked with both of them, with equal numbers." So it's why are you lying? And what, didn't they not? To us?
1: Didn't they not pull Cody Whitehair until the second Tyler Baj- or Tyson Bajin drive?
0: Um, I wasn't don't. Cody Whitehair still behind there when he first came in. I, to be honest, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look.
1: Um, I, I thought, I thought Cody Whitehair was still in there at first. I mean, obviously the pull happened pretty quickly around there, but I mean, come on, that is such a load of garbage. It, it's again, here's Matt Eberflus not giving any of his players. I don't want to use the word deserved criticism, but like you can go up there and say, Hey, you know what? We didn't like the see we were uh we didn't like to see what we were seeing from our center. The play wasn't good enough, we made a switch. You don't have to go up there and say, oh, Cody Whitehead was terrible, he should be ashamed. Uh, we benched him, he's he's awful, blah, blah, blah. You just say, you know what? We weren't getting the right amount of uh you know, the, the right level of play out of our center,
0: so we had to make a switch. Alex, how old are you? You're 26? 29. 29? Oh my god the the fluce has almost 30 years seniority in life on you and hasn't figured out what you just said and how correct it is it, it, you were dead on you're dead on it, you have to be account you have to hold these players accountable you don't have to go up there and and mf them or you know throw them under the bus but it's it's completely appropriate to say hey he was not having his best game or we didn't like the things we saw. And we wanted to make a change to see if, to see if uh, that would fix things. It's that simple. We're going to reevaluate. And it it is that simple.
1: It really is that simple. We didn't like the play. We need to make a change.
0: And we kind of saw what we saw from there. Okay. It's, it's not hurting anybody's feelings. He's he's paid a lot of money. He's a professional. He Cody
1: Whitehair has been this league like around a decade. He's been here a long time. He's a veteran. He's not a coddled rookie. Yeah,
0: is you know he's he's been here, uh, so he's he's a big boy. So I, I I don't understand why he has to be coddled here. And and you're right. It's it's frustrating that you know there's a time and a place. Like if they're like, hey. How how are you planning to attack the the Vegas defense with your rookie undrafted quarterback? Um, you know next week, uh, and he says, um, I, "You know I I can't tell you that, or you know hey you have to wait and see Sunday." Perfectly fine to 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 you know be dishonest there or not forthright. That's perfectly fine, but. There are times and places you're like, yeah, is your guy injured? Yeah, we don't know the extent yet, but it's not looking good. Or you know what? We're hopeful. All right. Or, you know, be just there's a time and a place to be honest. And there's a time and a place that we expect you to not say anything.
1: Right. Like, I mean, today's injury with Justin Fields, obviously, everybody's asking the question, what's going on? Uh, what did the further tests say? Did you get the MRI? What are those saying? You know, obviously we know there are no breaks. And listen, yeah, you put him as doubtful for this Sunday. And there's plenty of people speculating he's going to miss more than just one week. I think that it could be very possible we see him go on the IR. But that, that is a point where I could understand where Eva Iberfl- just goes up there and says, yeah, listen, we're evaluating. He's doubtful right now. We'll know more. Okay. That's fine. And you know, it might not be the most satisfactory answer to us fans, but it's, you almost kind of expect coaches to be kind of in, in terms of injuries like that,
0: but that's what we expect. Like that, that is, right. a, that is a perfect opportunity, but you know, there's the pulling, when you pull your center, and replace him with a different center in the middle of a game. And you get facts that are just completely false. You just don't don't lie to us. Right. And it was the
1: same thing with Chase Claypool. And here's the thing is that Iberflue should know that we can, like you alluded to, we can fact check very, very easily the snaps that Cody Whitehair has taken on the offensive line in his career with quarterbacks. We can do all that sort of research. Not only that, Tyson Bajant can come out and say, hey, here's the truth right here. And then, you know, when it comes to the Claypool stuff, what happened? Spokesperson from the Bears told the reporters what happened. I mean, the, you got to know that the truth is going to be found out pretty easily. Now, with something like injuries, we can have medical people do their evaluations, give their opinions. We can hear report chatter, rumors, inside stuff, whatever. But we, at least as fans, understand that the nature of injuries is a lot more than just black and white. We 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 get that. And we also understand, like we said earlier, taking accountability doesn't necessarily mean ragging on somebody. They're saying, you know what, here was a job that needed to get done. It get, didn't get done, so we're going to make a change. I it, It's... we we understand where the lines need to be drawn. There's a difference between flat out lying and just saying, you know what,
0: we're still trying to figure things out. Yeah. And I just, I don't appreciate it. And it, it, to me, to me, it shows signs of weakness. This is already, this is already a floundering, absolutely floundering coaching staff. They are they are so in over their heads. It's it's pathetic.
1: Okay, Sean, uh, before we go any further, I want to share some doozy uh numbers with you. And I shared it earlier, but I need to share it on this show. You are this is not going to be fun, as you would probably imagine.
0: Oh, I've so seen. You... I've seen I've seen what you're gonna say, and I'm ready for it here.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to expand on it a little bit. So you ready for this? Yep. Okay. So. The big deal for the Bears in Washington was just the fact that they finally won a game. They won their first game in nearly a year. Nearly a year. You had lost 14 straight and you finally won a game. But there's more to this. You haven't won a home game since late September against the Texans on a walk-off Cairo Santos field goal. Late September of 2022. It's mid-October 2023. It has been over a year The earth has gone around the sun and a little more since the last time you won a home game. Okay, there's Mm -hmm. that. Number two, and these are the numbers you saw me post about earlier. The Bears lost yet another game against an NFC North opponent this Sunday. Mm -hmm. The last time we won a game against an NFC North team, was Thanksgiving of 2021 when Andy Dalton beat the Lions. Barely beat the Lions. 16-14 to was the final score. Cairo Santos kicked a buzzer-beater field goal. The Lions were like 0-11-1, and the Bears were on like a six-game losing streak, five, six games, however the hell long it was. And they barely won that game against a winless Lions team. Almost two years ago. Almost two years. Thanksgiving, mid-November. It's mid-October now. Sean, what
0: are the chances that we're going to beat the Lions this year? Pretty low, right? You know, I watched this Lions team played arguably their worst game in a a calendar year on Sunday. And there's there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to trounce the Bears. That defense... That defense is ferocious.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you probably might not, there's a chance that you might not even have your starting quarterback in there. So there's that. Now, my whole point is, unless maybe you squeak one out on the road in Minnesota or doubtfully Green Bay in the final week of the season, you're going to be going on Over two years, most likely, since you've beaten an NFC North team. Matt Eberflus is 0-8 versus the NFC North. Hasn't beaten the NFC North yet. Now here's the real doozy. You ready for this? Since the start of 2015. The 2015 season. Not quite a decade ago, but we're getting close. This is our third coach since then. We had John Fox, who started in 2015, went three years. We had Matt Nagy, went four years. Now we're on Matt Eberflus a year and a fourth, a third-ish. Okay? Three coaches. The Bears are 16 and 34 against the NFC North since the start of 2015. 16 and 34. You play six games every year against the NFC North think about that if you got if you went 4 and 2 against the NFC North for 3 straight years that would already account right there for 12 wins just if you went 4 and 2 for 3 years that's already 12 wins you only have 16 since 2015 13 of those 16 wins were under Matt Nagy So John Fox and Matt Eberflus are a combined three for 23 against the NFC North. And those those three wins were under John Fox between those two teams, those two coaches.
0: Jesus.
1: You want to know the last time we beat the Vikings? Do you remember? I don't. It was on the road in Minnesota in 2020. The last time we beat the Vikings, there was nobody in the stands. The last time we beat the Packers was the division clincher in twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Last time we beat the Packers. Last time we beat the Packers on the road. Twenty fifteen. Thanksgiving night.
0: That's oh just sad. It, it's is organizationally sad and you know I know I keep harping that it's not a curse I don't believe in curses this is not a curse this is just incompetence with ownership I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on Virginia she's 101 years old almost or she already 101 turning 102 or is she about to turn 101 She's a century she's, old. She's she's triple digits. She's an old lady. I'm not shitting on her. Her kids, though, boobs, not in the good way. Don't you mean ding dongs? They are ding dongs, and and George McCaskey keeps trying to be like, I'm I'm just a fan, guys. I'm just a fan. Then get that fuck out of the way. Move. Don't sell. Don't. Sell, make your billions, and get yourself season tickets in the new stadium. But instead, you if you're just a fan, why are you interviewing the GM? Why are you interviewing coaches? Why are you telling your new GM that he has free reign to hire whatever coach you want, asterisk, of this list of four coaches that I already interviewed and is, have decided on? Why? Why is that? That's, that's already you putting your stamp on it and then coming out and saying, you know what? Every other head coach or GM, sorry. Every other GM has reported to Ted Phillips who sort of just wiggled his way to the top because he makes money and he's knows nothing about football. I don't even know if he's watched a game. He just knows our colors and we've decided, no, the new general manager is going to report directly to us. Fast forward a year Oh no, never mind. You have a new boss that I hired. Like that's not staying out of it. That's not just being a fan. That's you inserting yourself directly and botching things up. You know, it's not as bad as it what's going on in Carolina where I feel so bad for their head coach that he's got a plan and a vision and it involved a different quarterback than they took. But the owner stepped in and said, nope, we're going with this quarterback. And now that they can't win with this quarterback and the other quarterback that the head coach wanted is flourishing. And you go, maybe it's time to move on from our head coach. Maybe it's time to move on from ownership. It's not quite that bad, but it is bad. And they've set the standard that this we're not even lovable losers. We're just losers. And that's what the organization is. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And people like, why don't you just pick a different team? Like you can't, you can't just pick a new team. Like, this is the team you're, you at late age five, get saddled with a team. You know, whether that be, you had a year, you know, a parent's best friend came in to visit from El Paso and with a Cowboys Jersey on, and you became a Cowboys fan, or you went with your parents to the hometown team. Like, that's your team. You're the that, That's your team. No matter win, lose or draw, and you're stuck with that. I and that's that's where we are.
1: Yep, and it feels hopeless. I mean, the, the most hope you have right now is your number one and two in the draft. If it uh, the season ended today, yeah, just keep still hoping wanting... for the
0: Panthers to lose. Um, you know, well, I mean, you play them, so. <clears throat> that's that's a a hopefully you can beat them but you know i started going through the uh the schedules and you know the teams cuz you know really you you look there're six teams that have one winner fewer and then the teams with two wins are minnesota who They've got to play the Bears again. And they've got, you know, they've got some easy wins on there. And you know what? They're not as bad as their record shows. Especially when they get Justin Jefferson back. They just, there was, you know, those one wins last year when they went like 13 and 0 in one score games. The the law of averages just caught up to them this year. They'll be, they'll be meh. They'll be a mad team. I am not concerned about them being in a, a top five draft pick. Uh, Tennessee is two and four. and again, they're they're a team that is not that bad. Um, I think they'll actually be better now that uh, Malik Willis is in the better quarterback at this point. So I think they'll win a few games. I don't think I'm not saying good,'m just saying I'm not worried about them being a top five pick. Green Bay has two wins. Again, they're not good. They're well-coached. Even though Green Bay hates their coach, I would trade coaches with them in a heartbeat. Of course. Um, I think they're a well-coached team with a good defense. They'll win some games. And then after that, you've got a whole bunch of teams with three wins. New Orleans, Atlanta, uh, Houston, Indianapolis, Vegas, Washington, Jets, Cincinnati. I have, like unless something crazy happens, I don't see any of them jumping up, taking a top five pick. So really you're looking at there's six teams with one winner less. And those are your, those are your contenders for the one number one and number two spots. I, I found some, some sites that did simulations and uh, what's wild is they, they had the Bears. This was done after this week. They have the Bears winning five games. The Bears are one and five right now. So that that means they have to go four and seven the rest of the season. That's uh, I I think at best they win like four games. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of feeling that too. Um Carolina. I think they have them at two wins. Um, I don't think they go undefeated. I don't think they're that bad. you, you mean they go uh winless. Sorry, winless. They're they're not that bad. I, I agree. I agree. Like, it, like it's real hard to not win a single game. That's why it just hasn't been done. Insanely difficult, yeah. They're they're not a bad team. They're just a talentless team. They've got a really, really young quarterback who's too small. And is you know struggling with some issues, and he's got no weapons. Um, the defense is not so bad, and I think, but they might, and but there's talks that they might sell off pieces before the trade deadline, and to build draft capital, and you know, they they'd, they'd th- probably really want that, it, but it doesn't help them in the most important pick because it's the Bears' pick. Well uh, yeah, but I would gladly take that. Um <laughs> and the Bears so, uh, the Bears have um I think Den I think Denver will finish with less wins than the Bears. That team just they they we, just We blew a
1: 28 to 7 lead against them.
0: Yeah, we're the we're a terrible team and we we blew a lead against them. Arizona, they've just got a really tough schedule. I don't think they're that bad. We'll they're see they're playing
1: what better than I thought they would, honestly. I, they I gotta ju-
0: give them that. I think they just have a tough schedule. I mean, they play Seattle twice, they play the Rams twice, they play the 49ers twice. Um, they, they just got a tough schedule, so it might be hard for them to win games. Uh the Giants look really bad yeah that's a disaster. um, and New England looks terrible
1: that is that is Bill's fan puke
0: with another Bill's fan mixing in his puke. I honestly think the Patriots might be the worst team in the NFL. They might
1: be. I mean, they are legitimately awful. Justin Fields has at least shown some flashes. This year where he was producing and I know he was not good in this past game against Minnesota because as bad as everything was around him, he was not very good either, but at least he had good games against Denver and Washington. I know those defenses aren't to
0: write home about, but at least saw flashes. Mac Jones is. Oh yeah. He's a disaster. He's already been, it's worth six games into the season. He's benched been benched like at least three times. They've benched him. They haven't scored a offensive touchdown in like six quarters or seven quarters or something, maybe longer. It's been a long time. And they saw, they don't, they're just terrible. They're terrible. The giants are bad. Um, you know, but they, maybe when Danny dimes comes back next week or the week after, maybe they're a little better with Danny dimes and Saquon Barkley healthy together. Um, Because they played the Bills tough. They just, that team was, that team. I think we dodged a bullet by not getting Brian Dable. I, I at first thought that was, and the Hawks scored. You're a little Uh, behind. Really? Yeah, that was like five minutes ago. Holy cow. And did I, did I, oh, yeah, you know what? I must have, uh, I'm watching on YouTube TV. So that's, if you touch anything, it, it might set you back. Um, but uh uh they just look poorly coached. I mean, did you watch that game last night?
1: Uh I only saw a snippet of it and then I turned it off because it was garbage.
0: Yeah, after we got back from my daughter's birthday dinner, I turned the game on and at the they had the ball on the one yard line with like six seconds left and no timeouts uh, to end the first half and they, they did a running play and got tackled short. And then they ran out of time because they didn't have any timeouts.
1: So it's like John Fox.
0: They didn't score any points from first and goal from the one yard line. They scored no points. Yuck. And, (laughs) uh, and if they would have got at least a field goal there at the end of the game, when they had the ball within field goal range, the field goal would have won the game. Yes. So then they had to end the first half and to end the second half, they had the ball from at first and goal from the, uh, like within like the one yard line and didn't score any points. Neither time. That, that is That's, that's brutal. A, that's a bad coach team. Um, that is,
1: that's bad.
0: So, uh, you know, the bears are terrible. There's some badly coached teams and I, you know, I want to get back to talking about the bears, but they're, they're a poorly coached team, but I, I think, you know, early prediction, I'm, I'm sort of running my own kind of predictions here. I, at this point, I think my guess is bears get Carolina's number one overall pick and then their pick is, is uh number four
1: yeah i think top four their own pick top four top five is reasonable
0: and and honestly the dream scenario is you get the one and four and you finally feel like justin fields could be the guy and that way you can trade back and get trade back you know one of the, the with your number one get a boatload of picks or pick and play picks and players and you uh, and then you get multiple number ones next year.
1: Hawk scored again. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um Can we talk about the
0: elephant in the room? Which elephant? There's a lot of elephants in that room.
1: <laughs> you open the door. It's all a bunch of elephants just smashed <laughs> <laughs> smashed in there. <laughs> like, which one would you like to talk about? I'm talking about the elephant that's probably going to be under center for maybe a while. We don't know, but I'm at least feeling pretty confident that we're going to see Bajan be the quarterback this coming Sunday against the Raiders.
0: Real real quick, I want to say I, I don't think Justin Fields is going to be out more than two games. I think so if, so you're if, more
1: optimistic,
0: yes, I think if he was the what I'm hearing is that uh that there's there's nothing structurally wrong. they want to get the swelling underway, so he has grip on the ball right right and and I think if they would have been something something structural, they would have put him on i r they haven't put him on i r um so uh. I think I think he misses one, maybe two games.
1: Hey, you you hope so. I just I, I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, either way, it 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 seems like he's not gonna play this week. No, he's doubtful, and I don't think he he will. I think right. we'll have Page in here. So, okay, I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. And these are gonna be pretty simple yes, no answers. Okay. So we're just gonna lay the sequence out, all right? Mm -hmm. you and I pined for Tyson Bajant to make the roster out of preseason, yes? Yes. You and I both agreed that it was better to have a younger QB on your roster than Nathan Peterman, right? Or at least it was beneficial to have him in addition to Nathan Peterman at the very least, right? Agreed. Tyson Bagent has the chance to play and show us what he can do. Yes. Now, just because that we pine for him to be on the roster and that we'd rather see a rookie QB show us what he can do over watching Nathan Peterman. We both said that. Correct. I agree. Headlines like the Sun-Times fishing for clicks, declaring Bajent this hero from the other day and this savior and this idea that he's going to be the guy going forward right now just seems flat out ridiculous.
0: He had a 56 quarterback rating and threw an interception in the game. Like, I, I mean, you know, he had it. Here's here's the thing is, do I think he's the long term answer? No, I just I just want you to develop a guy is because if you've got a guy that you've developed and you're like, you know, we we feel pretty good about him, that makes your backup position pretty good because your options to have a decent backup in this league are develop one or pay too much money for a backup quarterback. <laughs> PJ backup, Walker. Pa- I mean, look it's let me let me pull up Backup quarterback pay or uh, salaries for the right well, now. D-
1: well. Uh, before you even spit out any numbers, you remember how much money Chase Daniel was making in his career? Oh yeah, he was what, even five million dollars.
0: Yeah, he was getting he was getting some nice chunk of change. Okay, Jacoby Brissett and Mitch Trubisky are tied for the highest paid backup quarterbacks in the league. Both make eight million dollars a year. Yeah. Taylor Haneke is th- uh, third, 7.7. 7. Andy Dalton, 6. Uh, let me go down here. Um, Tyrod Taylor, 5.5. 5. Marcus Mariota, 5. Will Levis, that's, that's an unfair one. It's a rookie salary, but 4.69. Four, Mike White, 4.5. Sam Darnold, Four and a half. Jameis Winston, four. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, four, Drew Locke, four. Uh, he was he's the backup that's playing now because of injury, but Zach Wilson, 3.85. Gardner Minshew, 3.5. So more than half of the quarterback, backup quarterbacks in the league make more than $3 million a year. And the the top ones are making close to are making $8 million. That's a lot of money. So, and do you, are you like, Oh man, I'm clamoring for Mitch Trubisky or Andy Dalton or Taylor Haneke. No, you're not. So that's what I'm saying is you either pay a guy. That's a failed starter or you develop a guy. And that's where I'm at with it. And I'm, I'm still 1 million percent fine with, uh, him over Nathan Peterman.
1: Me too. Me too. And and this, Sean, you took the words right out of my mouth. This to me is an opportunity to see if you have some potential in a QB two right here. I mean, this is where you can say, you know what, this guy's got enough attributes where you know that if you teach him to be kind of your system QB two guy where he can execute, then you see those glimpses where you can at least have something there as depth, regardless if your QB one is fields or somebody else going forward. It's just, a it, it's, it's that case that we fall into where we fall in love with the backup quarterback. It's happened many, many times, especially here. It's happened in other markets too. You remember when Bailey Zapp came in uh, for Mag Jones against the bears yeah. through a few completions, crowd was going nuts. And then it all just kind of, faded yeah. away after that
0: is honestly I I see Tyson Bagent ceiling and this is the uh, the ceiling it's Gardner Minshew now sure. that would and that's a high ceiling I think yes yes Because Gardner Minshew's not a bad quarterback no um, and there's nothing wrong with saying that yeah it's it's we we are starting to see what some of his limitations are he's got the moxie I love the moxie yes I love the decisiveness I love that the moment's not too big for him it's Gets that ball out quick. Yes. It's his, what we saw right off the bat is his limitations are that he's too aggressive and he doesn't have a cannon of an arm. So he should not be throwing multiple bombs like he did. Uh, And that last interception was the reason that interception happened twofold. One, it was a severely underthrown lame duck ball and two, is DJ Moore had beat his man so badly that he couldn't make it all the way back to to break that play up or try to make the catch.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, Justin Fields probably has a touchdown on that. Probably. Probably. Um, you know, it, it's... You know, can you... So, you have two different quarterbacks. And sometimes you're like, man, some of these traits of... Tyson Bajan you're like I-, I wish I wish we could put in Justin Fields that the calmness and the quickness gets out the ball and part yeah. of that is part of that is they simplified that offense when Tyson Bajan came in they're like one read throw it max protect throw the ball here and and <clears throat> you build this confidence and why are you doing that for your backup quarterback then not your starter like Yeah, you should be doing it for your backup, but you should be doing it for a starter too. Is, is you shouldn't start, you should never start a drive with your starting quarterback where there's a free rusher. That's, you know what, you already, you already messed up if that's the case. And you should start out with give him opportunity, give him, give him that confidence. And it's, this coaching staff is terrible. Justin Fields has a lot of potential. It's it's just they are they're coaching him to be a bad quarterback. And what a what a mess. He need, he needs somebody to build him up and I just think that honest to god is Mike Shanahan would murder his firstborn child to have Justin Fields as his quarterback.
1: He'd find a way to unlock the potential. And, you know, and again, there are things that Justin Fields needs to get better at himself. The indecisiveness, getting the ball out, a reading pressure. Uh, Those are things that are on Justin Fields. But when you have the right coaches, the right system, the right player personnel, you maximize what you're good at and maybe even further improve Justin Fields' ability
0: of doing that stuff. Is Brock Purdy is not that good of a quarterback. He is just, he is literally a system quarterback in a really good system that fits what they're trying to do. He's not a good quarterback. When McCaffrey went out, he couldn't, he couldn't win a game for him. He couldn't win a game. Look how many points they scored against that Browns defense. Browns defense. Who's who's statistically one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Um, And you couldn't, you couldn't score on them. So yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be like oh, Brock. You know, Justin Fields, he couldn't beat out Brock Purdy, honestly. Is when when they drafted when they drafted uh um what's his name from North Dakota, Trey Lance, they they envisioned Justin Fields. You know that's the type of guy, and they would kill somebody to have Justin Fields period. So I, I'm not Justin field just needs a lot of work still. And it sucks because we're going to have to pay him soon. And he's going to be in a third new offense next year. If the bears are, if he's bears even back, who knows, you know, I, I, but I, my fear would be there. You know what? We're going to part ways with Justin fields. He's going to excel somewhere else. And the Bears are going to start from ground zero with Caleb Williams and ruin him, too, and ruin him, too, because they'll they who knows they might still trot out the same coaching staff with some tweaks. Wow, well, we got a new coordinator and we got a new quarterback coach. You know, they're going to throw Andrew Janoco under the bus and fire their offensive line coach. And that they you know what? We just had to tweak some things. We 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 thank them for all the hard work they did, but you know it's, we're we're just going to try in a new direction here.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't want to believe that, I really don't. I mean, if you win four less games, how can you? As dumb as this organization is, I I don't know. Question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. You are George McCaskey.
1: Where's my purple crayon?
0: Can you write a pink slip in purple crayon?
1: I try to write my pink slip, but it won't show.
0: <laughs> uh, it's do you when you send Eber Flus and his entire coaching staff packing? Do you also send Ryan Poles packing or does he get another chance a second, a second uh, coaching staff.
1: I don't think
0: Ryan Poles is going anywhere. Regardless, I don't, I don't think so either. Because they picked him. George picked him up from the airport himself. In his yeah, in his Honda it, it, Civic, or is it just Toyota Celica? <laughs> Whatever he drives, it was his. It was a slug
1: bug. <laughs> George McCaskey driving around in an <laughs> in orange, a purple,
0: in a purple Beetle. <laughs> it uh, looks like a Teletubby. And it's got he's got a bear's helmet air freshener hanging from the rearview mirror. <laughs> uh, he's got it rigged up so uh, it plays bear down when he honks the horn. <laughs> he gets ryan poles in there and he's like he's like hold on a second and he's got to throw all of his crayon box out of the front seat into the back seat he's like don't mind my crayons (laughs) (laughs) and then he's like he's like check out this bad boy and he he hits the horn with the back of his fist and it just starts playing bear down
1: (laughs) helmet that's in his back seat he's just sun bleached as hell uh, oh man but yeah i just i i would i would be pretty surprised if they let ryan poles go especially since he was given the keys to rebuild uh
0: i'd be surprised george mccaskey's got a van a sticker on the back of his windshield that says this box of crayons came with a sharpener is it half peeling off? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I I'm torn. I think if this was another organization that Brian Poles probably gets shit can too, but I think the bears, the bears keep him. I think the bears keep him and, and give him that other year. The bummer is that, uh, his assistant GM. We thought he was going to get hired away, and we were going to get those two third-round picks for the minority development program. And with how bad this is, why would somebody hire a GM from a terrible organization,
1: Ian yeah. Cunningham? So,
0: so we're losing out on those third-round picks. Um, but Ryan I, Poles is
1: going to call all the other executives. Please hire him. I'll do Jeez. anything if
0: you hire him um, but i I, I Eber and this coaching staff cannot be back, right? They're they cannot. done they're done. I don't care
1: what the Bears say or what they're thinking right now. They're done
0: and you know if they're done, why do they still be conservative? why don't why don't you be you know what? My job is. I'm gonna get fired. It's like if you know you're gonna get fired from work, just go in and and tell everybody what you think. Do they Give think? Do they the think finger. they're gonna get fired? They have to know. They asked Ibravluu flat out about his job security, and uh, and you know he 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 danced around it, but he knows his his job is is almost assuredly gone. And so, if that's the case, go out there. And, and coach, you know, like you know, like there's no tomorrow. Like win or go home. Like you're you're one in five. What are you going to be worse? Especially show if especially show. you everybody. don't have your quarterback. Like just, I mean, Take... you know, he if if you're if you're like you know what, worst case scenario is is I get fired, which I'm already on that by doing my best. I'm going to get fired. Why don't I just go out there and show them I can adapt. I can do things differently. I can change things up. And and then best case scenario is we win some games and I keep my job. Or somebody else sees me and goes, man, I'm, I want to give this guy a shot. But that's not what they're doing. And And I will say one thing is this week the defense played a whole lot better they have?
1: Yeah, we haven't talked about that, but I do have to give them some props. Uh, we saw the defense play very hard, very well, and I think the linebacking core had
0: their best game of the year. Yeah, I think their defensive backs had a really good game. Uh, they still don't get much pass rush and still aren't great at stopping the run. I mean, I think they benefited a lot from the fact that the Vikings have a really hard time running the football. Yeah,
1: the Vi- Vikings don't have Cook anymore. They, they, they don't run the ball.
0: Yeah, they don't run the ball. Um, they're not good at it. That really helped the bears that played into their strengths. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've played better and, you know, I, I think, I think the bears though, this coming weekend are going to get, a uh, uh, a big dose of, of, uh, the Vegas running back.
1: Yeah, we'll see how they respond to that. And I think that we're going to see a game where there's going to be a lot of
0: pounding on both sides. Right. Yeah. I mean, Josh Jacobs. Remember last time the bears played Vegas. Well, I believe that was in London and Josh Jacobs just ran all over the bears. Yeah. I think we're going to see the repeat of that. Could
1: very well be. Cause I mean, think about it. You didn't really face any running threats the past few weeks because the Vikings don't run the ball. And how many times did the commanders run the ball against them? Like barely
0: any. Yeah. They just, no teams just don't run against the bears for reasons. I don't know what they are. Well, I just think that if your
1: quarterback could drop back, not get touched and they're playing soft zone coverage that you're just able to dink and dunk down the field with wide open
0: receivers in the middle of the field. Um, what's wild to me is so the Raiders, the Raiders were in a very tight game with the Patriots and the Patriots best cornerback by far is hurt and out and let me see I want to just make sure I my stats are are correct here um so in this tight game where their best cornerback is hurt, guess guess how many guess how many times or how many receptions that Devonte adams had how many two mm. for 29 yards mm. so yeah garoppolo threw for 162 yards you targeted or you i don't know how many targets uh Oh, he had five. Devontae had five targets, two catches, 29 yards. Um, and but they did Josh Jacobs did have uh 25 carries, and I think we'll see at least 25 carries from him against the Bears.
1: I would imagine so. Um, Brian Hoyer and Tyson Bagent,
0: yeah, so. Uh let's see what else with this the stupid Bears. Um Um, they forgot again that DJ Moore is really good. How many targets Uh, did he get in the first half? One. I think one, maybe two. Um, the Bears decided that it was a good idea to try to fool the Vikings by running the same play three times in a row. Um, and it didn't work. Mm Mm-hmm. Anytime that was a, that was terrible. Um, Deontay Foreman ran for averaged about four and a half yards a carry yet. How many carries did he get in a one score game in a one score game? How many carries did he have 15? Hmm.
1: Why? And you don't don't have, you don't have Khalil Herbert. You don't have Roshan Johnson. You don't have Travis Homer who I know is more of a blocking guy than a running back, but still.
0: Um, I I mean, I, th- we might, we might have Roshan Johnson back next week. Um, <clears throat> maybe.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're obviously not going to have, uh, Khalil Herbert, he's on IR, but yeah, yeah, he's on
0: IR, but we might get Roshan back, but uh Deontay Foreman played nice. Um, he did, but you targeted Darnell Mooney three times. uh, and which he had a solid day at the office. He had that one nice catch. Um, and then, so he had 39 yards on that one catch and then nine on the other one. So it's, see, or do you have three catches? No, two catches. Um, Tyler Scott dropped a ball. Yeah. He can't, he can't field punts. Yeah. He can't field kickoffs so why aren't we shitting down his throat like we do with valus jones who
1: actually didn't have a bad day valus jones i I know there was that he got kind of lucky with that goal line uh you know kickoff
0: but he had two nice returns i think i think they've got to work figure out a way to work him in the offense more uh but uh, scott is not showing me anything no, he's I, I'm not. down on him. And and I know that, you know, it's it's switched up a little bit, but I mean, 10, 15 years ago, wide receiver was a really tough position to come in as a rookie and play. Mm-hmm. And I think Scott's just struggling with that. Um, but uh, you know, you've got to, you've got to get m- more targets to, to DJ Moore. You've got to work Darnell Mooney into this offense more. Um Cole Komet had two catches for nine yards. When it, against a team that blitzed like every down, why isn't your tight end involved more?
1: Le Shrug.
0: Uh I just there, there's just so many questions. Um your offense, terrible. Tevin Jenkins didn't have a good PFF score, but watching him play, I didn't see it. He looked good. Um, I, I uh, you need you need to upgrade the other guard, and you need to upgrade center, and you need Braxton Jones back. And I think he's eligible to return this week. I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where he is. At, you know. I don't. I haven't heard anybody talk about him. Um, I, so I don't know if he's, uh, you know, where he's at with his, um, his injury, but, uh, you know, they, they need him back because he's, he's a far superior left tackle than Larry Borum.
1: Yeah. Borum has really had a rough go of it, bad penalties and just, it's been rough.
0: Uh, uh, then you had Nate Davis get in, rolled up on during that game. Yeah. Uh, Oh, wait, here we go. Here's an update from today. Uh, Braxton Jones was eligible, eligible to be, uh, begin practicing again today since he's been on injured reserve for the minimum four weeks as he works through a neck injury. However, Eberflu said Jones is not ready to resume practicing yet. So he's getting there, but he's not, you know. I know his window, quote, I know his window could start right now. We just don't have an update. We're not there yet. So they don't have a timetable on his return. But they have 21 days for him to either return or he has to, he's done for the season. We'll, um, we'll, we'll see. And yeah, I don't uh. I don't know what what the status of Davis is. But he left in a walking boot.
1: It was a high ankle sprain, wasn't
0: it? Is it? So that means he's probably going to be out 2 to f- 5 weeks.
1: <laughs> uh Yeah, it just... Boy, this it's going to be an ugly one at Soldier Field. And I'm not talking about, like, necessarily it's going to be an ugly, brutal, bigot, killed loss. I'm just saying, ugly game. The Raiders and the Bears.
0: Yeah, this is... I mean, this is a... The Raiders are, are not a great team. They're 3-3 three and three right now. They're not terrible. But they're not winning pretty. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's... I don't know if he's going to be... Um playing we could get brian hoyer we could get brian hoyer uh but i i read that um that his injury wasn't as bad as they thought um but we'll know him wednesday Mm-hmm. uh let's see six hours ago his status is uh he was ruled out against the Patriots. Uh, they Josh McDaniels said that they dodged a big bullet regarding his injury. His status for week seven against the bears is still uncertain, but his prognosis is a lot better than it otherwise might've been. I don't think they're going to play him. Why would you? You're playing the yeah. bears. <laughs> Seriously. Like, you could win with Brian Hoyer.
1: Against the Bears, sure. Why would you rush?
0: Um. Yeah. Ugh. Stupid team. <laughs> All right. What do you want to talk about now? Hey, hockey's on. Hockey's on. Um. Honestly, the Blackhawks are right exactly where I kind of expected them. Like they're not good. But they're not bad,
1: yeah, you know I mean that that first win they had in Pittsburgh was really exciting. You're down two to nothing and you score four unanswered goals and you win four to two on the road in Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh ain't the Pittsburgh they used to be and no, frankly like the, Pittsburgh made, is kind of didn't they make the playoffs last year? No, they didn't. We oh, knocked they... them
0: out. oh sorry they were but they were they were right there on the cusp.
1: Right. But I mean, they're 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 not the Pittsburgh they used to be. And frankly, their future is kind of screwed that you don't have much cap space and you have no prospects. But still, you're playing against Crosby and Malkin and you're in Pittsburgh on the road for a young team around a young 18 year old superstar playing in his first NHL game. That's not an easy ask. And the fact that they were able to escape out of there with a 4-2 win and really turn up the heat late in the game it was a really impressive effort by that Blackhawks team. And you saw uh, Connor Bedard get his first career assist. You saw Peter Morazic play very well in that. And that was just a fun night. And it felt like it really felt like just being online. There was a massive rejuvenation of Hawks fans, a rejuvenation where you say, Hey, the future is looking bright here. We understand this team isn't going to be winning a Stanley cup or making the playoffs. But the fact that you're, you're seeing the vision you're seeing Connor Bedard, you're seeing a culture that says you're going to play your butt off every single night and you're going to have your teammates back. You're seeing these things kind of pave this path going forward. And it feels good. Even though this team is still a
0: ways away from being a contender. So I just want to point out where they're at though is Their first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Their first eight games are against the Penguins who were last year. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were a checks notes, uh, a 91 point team. Yeah. He just missed. Uh, They played, they play Boston twice who Boston, was 135 point team last year hmm they play them twice uh um
1: you've got Le- you play you played Montreal you're playing the Leafs right now
0: M- Montreal was not that good last year but they're like they're the better Hawks. this year they're like a year ahead of the Hawks they've got a really good young core I think they're going to be good this year and uh, they're very
1: well coached
0: yes um Toronto was 111 point team last year Mm -hmm. Um, they made the playoffs yeah and they were a a favorite colorado was a 109 point team and vegas won the cup Mm -hmm. and you're playing them twice that's your first games and you're coming out here so you don't your first eight games you don't have a single easy game on that schedule for until you have one one game that that could be an easy one uh, this whole entire first month of the season, you've got Arizona um, on on your schedule. And they're the last game of the month. But, yeah, you're coming out tough. You beat the Penguins on the road. Um, Boston, Boston, you had an opportunity. They outplayed you, but you had an opportunity. You, you uh, were in the game until the end when they scored an empty netter. Yeah, you were in there. Um, you... You played an awful game against Montreal, but almost won. That that should have gone to overtime. That that goalie for the Montreal, who's got a ridiculous name that's way too hard to pronounce, he stood his head and stopped some really good opportunities. That should have gone. That should have gone into overtime. And then don't forget too, with like what under
1: twenty seconds left, uh, Seth Jones rang one off the inside of the post. Yep, you were inches away from getting a point in that game. And like you said. That, that second period, I was watching it at a restaurant with my friends. There, that second period was far and away the worst period they had played in this very young season. But, you know, you didn't crumble after that. You you stayed in it. You kept it to a 3 nothing deficit. Then you went ahead and you scored two goals from Tyler Johnson. Next thing you know, you have an opportunity to tie it up, and you almost do.
0: Yep. So, and And right now they're up 3-1 on Toronto, who's a really good team. Very good team. In the regular season. Um, yes, yes. So, yeah. I mean, you've got to be happy with these. I mean, it would it have been nicer if they got points in against Boston and, and Montreal. Yeah. But where we're you're at. Not, you're, just, you're just not going to win a lot of games. No, no. And it's I'm again, that was my my whole thing is you've got three first year defensemen you are you've got Connor Bedard you've got a really young team and you're you're still rebuilding you're still yeah. rebuilding you're going to have money this off season, you have more draft picks you're going to have guys that go have another year under their belt and you're developing as far as your forwards Lucas Reichel Connor Bedard and uh your goalie and it's been a godson Merezak has played really, really, really well.
1: He has. Uh, you know, that he's been good so far. And boy, you really dodged a bullet with Taylor Hall because when that injury happened, I'm like, oh God, he's gonna be out a while. And he's back against Toronto.
0: He missed yeah. one game, one full game. Yep. They said week, it was a week-to-week injury, and I'm like, uh-oh, three weeks minimum. And no yeah he's back i don't know do, did they say what the injury was uh it was his shoulder i believe um it was upper you know you know what they say in hockey upper upper body. and lower yeah but you know sometimes we find out these things but um i like upper body could be a, a ruptured spleen a separated shoulder or a brain contusion like it, you know, broken those are all the nose, same. Yeah. broken
1: hand broken wrist broken arm Shoulder dislocation could be a million things.
0: Yeah. Lower body could be sprained ankle, ACL or amputated leg. (laughs) Lower body injury. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is really where I think we all, our expectations were is that they were competitive. Players were getting better. Connor Bedard is looking like he's the guy that we all thought he was going to be.
1: Yeah. And you know, he's, he's working on Barry. He's getting a plenty of chances. He's just, you know, trying to bury some of them and you know, he's, he's 18 years old. He's played three full games going to be after tonight four in the NHL, but in his first three games, he
0: recorded at least a point. Yep. He's a point a game player in his, his first three games of the NHL season or his career. I, he's, he's playing really well. Um, and there's there and there's so much more room for him to be even better. Like uh I believe it was the Boston game, the Penguins game, where he had like so many shots on goal, and there were some good shots. They just didn't go in. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, late in he that Boston had, game, yeah, he had a few good chances.
0: Could have had two, three goals in that game, and you know, it it just puck luck. And I think John Scott was. I don't know if you saw, he was like weak shot accurate, but he's like, I, he's like, and that's not a criticism. He's like, my shot was like 102 miles an hour and I scored five points in my career. <laughs> um, yeah. and he, predict, he predicted he'd have like over 100 points this year, but, um, I mean, you see, it's for him, I think it's going to be figuring out that some of the, the flashy things he did in, in his younger hockey, uh, is, is not going to fly in the NHL right now. Guys are going to put him on his ass. Um, Oh, I mean, you, you see teams are already targeting
1: him. Like he's, they're not treating him. Like he's just some little kid rookie. They, they are treating him, uh, big time. Yeah, it, know, it, who was it? Who was it the other night in Boston, like tying him up with his stick by the benches? Like he was already getting it.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, but you know, there's some things he's just got to. He's, you know, and it's not a criticism at all. It's it's nice to see that he's human. But you're you're seeing that he he was worthy of the number one pick plus some.
1: Oh man, he just had a great chance too. As we were talking. He he can weave by guys, and his shot—he can have the puck literally right at the edge of his skates, and he can wrist it just an absolute bullet. It's yeah. it's impressive.
0: Yeah, he he looks really good, and you know, I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens when when he's halfway through a season, and and he's figured a few things out. And what did we say
1: going into this season? As talented as Bedard is, there's going to be growing moments. Yeah, he's 18 years old. I mean, in
0: a man's league. Yeah, I mean, we're he's going to he still hasn't played a home game. No. He's five he,
1: straight road games to start the year,
0: man. Yeah, we're we're going to see we're going to see him score anywhere from 60 to hundred points this year. And, and you're going to look at him and be like, man, there's a lot of room for improvement.
1: Yeah. And you know, obviously the big, one of the biggest rooms for improvement on this team as a whole is the faceoff dot.
0: That's, that's his Achilles there. I think he's going to wind up being a winger. His he's not good on, on the faceoffs, and you're going to have to get better on that.
1: That's where you miss Jonathan Taze.
0: Jonathan Taze, even at his worst, was a really good at the dot.
1: He was stupid good at face-offs, especially in his prime. Like, he was probably, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he was one of the best in the NHL at at that. He was a master at the face-off.
0: Yeah, I really want to see Bedard on the wing in the power play.
1: I, I think that's fair I think that's fair I mean I still and you know think he
0: winds up as a wing um but you know that's which is still fine yeah nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with being a wing um but yeah I mean I I love this this season has been great so far fans are excited um and you know, obviously, in like I don't mind them losing from mistakes from young players. Like you've seen some of the young defensemen turn pucks over, and you know too many odd man rushes on the po- like, you know when there's a uh, when they're on the power play, too many shorthanded rushes. Yeah. Like those, those are things you just you get better at and you you improve on. I'm fine losing when young kids make mistakes i'm fine with that especially when you watch them and you're like oh my god so i'm watching on my phone while recording and there's a bug was on my phone and i just looked i'm like like why are they all skating away from the puck oh no the bug, <laughs> it's a bug <laughs> <laughs> um, the puck is a bug uh but i you know you you watch these them do good things and then i like, oh, there's a learning opportunity there and i i can i can live with that because you're this is this is what the bears should have been you're like okay hey if they're losing games but you're seeing growth i can live with that that's what rebuild is like the bears are doing the opposite they're getting worse the blackhawks are rebuilding the right trajectory Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're, they're at, they added some veterans, but they're short-term veterans to, to uh, elevate the young long-term rookies.
1: Right. You know that Nick Foligno and Corey Perry are not going to be here in the long run.
0: No, no, that's, and they're here and Corey Perry is playing really good. Scored a breakaway goal today. Yeah. They're playing, he's playing really good. Um for a guy that we only expected to be a fourth liner that you know fought people and and was physical, like so I, I I'm I'm enjoying this. This is this is everything that I these are what my expectations were of this team. So anything they do above and beyond, uh especially you see this rough schedule right off the bat. Um what is, what's November look like here? Um, God, doesn't look so much better there. God. Florida, Jersey, Tampa, Florida, Tampa, Nashville, Buffalo, Columbus, Toronto again, St. Louis, the Kraken, Detroit. Uh, there's some tough tough games in there too. When, did, when does the easy part of their schedule come?
1: <laughs> Baptism by fire, man, for Conor Bedard and some of these other youngins.
0: I know. I, when, when is the stretch of of uh, you know Edmonton, Buffalo, Florida? Well, Edmonton is it, well. Are, are you just continuing oh, I'm sorry. to read the? Uh, no, I am when's the when's it with uh, Anaheim and Columbus and San Jose? There you go. And, and Arizona, that's, that's the stretch I want. Right.
1: Yeah, man, that's, that really is tough, but you know what? Let it build character. Even if you don't win a lot of those games, let it build character.
0: Yeah. Eventually you're going to come across easy games and those, those, uh, lumps you take in the, in the tough ones, they, they, they do wonders and they're, they're not losing here. I mean, they're, they're not. They're not getting crushed. Um, you know we're we're more than halfway through the third here, and they're up by two goals. Odds are they're probably going to win this one. And it's oh, you just jinxed it! Watch their goal right here. Um, but you know there's there's a good chance they're going to win this one, and oh, I'm going against a, against a really tough Toronto team. Oh my god. Dude, <laughs> uh, Alex is gonna hold his breath the rest of this game,
1: uh, like a playoff game, like it's a playoff game.
0: <laughs> uh, if only you knew how many times I said they've got this game in the bag. You hit uh. one. <laughs> I will come to your house. I will stab you with a purple crayon.
1: (laughs) Take this. I will scribble on your face. Feel thy wrath of George
0: McCaskey. (laughs) Uh, um, Nothing really Cubs I want to talk about. Is there anything Cubs you want to talk about? There's one tangential White Sox thing I want to talk about. Okay. So I'm sure you heard the baseball news today. Uh, about a specific Marlins GM yes. that resigned. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kim Eng would have been an absolutely home run slam dunk. White at like, she's, she is one of the best GMs in baseball. She built that Marlins team from a laughing stock to a playoff team. And she left on her own accord and became a free agent. Mm-hmm. And, The White Sox, because they did not do any due diligence. uh, They they hired somebody who's not nearly as capable as her.
1: You think that they could still maybe hire her as an executive with Chris Getz? Because I think there were rumblings that that could be a possibility with her connections with the White Sox. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but do you think it's possible?
0: i'm gonna say no and here's why jerry is well jerry's part of it but i think if she came in she would want to hire she would have to come in as like the as the team president and i think she would want to pick her own general manager that's fair and being saddled with one that's already been there for a month or whatever uh that, that's a that's a tough ask
1: man what if she gets a chance in boston
0: i mean that's a that's a realistic possibility
1: if i'm boston i am jumping all over her let me tell you
0: uh yeah boston should boston should uh you know offer her the farm the the uh, yankees should offer her the farm
1: <laughs> they're never gonna
0: move on from cashman i why wouldn't you i would Oh, I would too. I just, I mean, I'm not shitting on him. He's, he's done a lot there, but, uh, he's, there's, he's always had a high payroll and they have not won in a long time. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just think that would be, there's a lot of teams that really benefit from what she's done and the Marlins are so dumb. Yep. Is they, I mean, I don't know if you read, read what the, why she left.
1: Wasn't it, uh, she wanted like, there was a, it was like mutual or
0: something that she wanted because the contract was up, right? Well, and she had, the contract was, uh, for next season a mutual option. The team picked up the option. She declined it, but they were apparently rumblings that the Marlins were going to hire a president of baseball operations, above her so essentially demoting her oh and, yeah, that's stupid and and she didn't want to be a lame duck general manager she wanted a, a contract extension not to pick up the option and um they didn't do it so they now they're they're scrambling um it, it's just a, it was a dumb situation and I think there's a ton of teams that uh really could use her, her, you know, abilities. Absolutely. Um, and the White Sox by not taking their time and evaluating this, just really missed a huge opportunity. Because had she come avail- available, that would have been an absolute, just grand slam, you know, opportunity. No doubt. No doubt um she she's shown what she can do, and who knows if she even wanted the job?
1: So. I'll be curious to see how that all plays out.
0: oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I wish her the best I, I do too she's she's earned it uh, yep. you know, in a you know when she got hired there, despite her resume, there was a lot of people that doubted her and um I I don't know why, Um, but she has shown that she's doing a good job.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Should we talk a little bulls here? Yeah, they're a thing, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, season starts next week. Yeah. you know first two games looked really of the preseason looked really encouraging i mean there was a loss to the bucks but you you felt you felt pretty good um then they they beat the nuggets um but uh then then you had the third game where they played the nuggets and and got stomped you got two more preseason games and and I don't know how much to take away from them.
1: Yeah, I I don't really take much away. Uh, What I do kind of hope that we continue to see from last year is Kobe
0: White being a useful piece. We're seeing that, though. I mean, he's looked... He's looked good so far, yes. We're seeing good things. Uh, The three-point shooting um, has been okay. If he can deliver that consistently,
1: I'd really like that. Cause it's never been consistent. You've seen flashes of it in, but then there are times when it's just not, not working. But I think that towards the end of last year, we saw a lot of promising signs from him. So if he keeps building on that, would love it.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, I think uh, with the bulls, I think where you're going to have to improve um, is, I, I mean, I think, I think your MO has to be for the bulls to be a good defensive team and an efficient offense. I don't think mm-hmm. you I don't think you have the tools to be a high powered offense. No, but I think you need to be efficient.
1: You know, if Zach Levine can consistently score 20, 30 points a night, Vucevic can score, you know, 15, 20 points a night. DeMar DeRozan scores 20, 25 points a night. I mean, those right there are, are really keys to your offense.
0: Um, You know, so. I th- Yeah, I think that's just really going to have to be, you know, step up from where you were, remain consistent where you were defensively from, you know, last year. Um, we saw we've also seen some hopeful flashes too from Patrick
1: Williams. And that's another guy where I feel like he has the opportunity to really step up this year.
0: Yes. I, he is the one we've all been waiting for. I, you know, I think, I think we've said it consistently that in order for the bulls to take a step up is uh, Patrick Williams is going to have to become somewhat of a dude maybe not yes. like a dude dude but he's got to be somewhat of a dude otherwise right. this team is not gonna take that step forward um we had free agent acquisition tory craig who stepped in and he's been a hustle and d type guy um and played okay uh and you know i don't there's nothing super exciting about this team but I think the chemistry and the growth of, of Kobe and, and Patrick might put this team over the top to make the playoffs.
1: I think uh, they're going to be right on that border.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's not going to be, a, you know, they're not gonna be like the third seat or anything, but I, I think the difference between not making it and being a disappointment and actually making it, I, I, you know I think I think we're we have are seeing the potential for that difference. And it's not a huge difference between between those bottom, bottom uh, playoff teams and the top of the, you know the lottery. There's not a huge difference in those teams. It, it's really it really comes down to um, a couple of sequences in a couple of games. And you really change that trajectory, and you know, I, I think, I think it's that being steady, um, you know, long term. I don't, still don't know what the Bulls' plans are, but you can only go year by year. And if you make the playoffs, you know, it's. I know they say anything can happen. It's not so much in the NBA. No, um, no, no. You know, but it's at least if you make the playoffs, you've got, the I mean, that's, that's
1: the best you can do really with this team. This isn't a championship team. We know that. So no, I mean, no, really no. the best you can do is playoffs.
0: Yeah. Especially when you're looking at, uh, you know, teams like Milwaukee that just got, I think fairly significantly better. Oh yeah. I
1: mean, the, if everything goes right, they're going to win the championship, at least get there. I mean, that's, that's
0: insane. Um, but you know, all you can do is you you have this core. You made a run for it, and uh, they've made the decision to ride it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, you know, you could have tried to blow it up, and and lingered in mediocrity before you really ta- tanked, but. Um, they, they decided to go for it one more year and here we are here we are and, you know maybe they, things would have been different had uh we won the, the draft lottery and got Victor Wembenyama because I don't know if you're watching him but good grief does he, he look it looks good. like Michael Jordan from Space Jam <laughs> have you seen the video of somebody playing with him in like a video game and it just said like Wemby's built different and he goes up and gets a dunk but there's like a glitch in the game so he just starts spinning like a helicopter blade around the <laughs> rim and they're playing the game and he's just still spinning and then when they try to shoot it he gets like a a goaltending <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 stupid funny it's like you're like man this is so dumb but you're laughing at it anyway but yeah, oh Webby yeah, Nama, it's great. He just he looks like a cheap mode. Yeah,
1: he's he's insane.
0: The handles he's got and his height and you know <sighs> he's the future of this league, man. Yes, he is. The
1: Spurs are Spurs really uh, got one.
0: Ugh. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about?
1: No, I think I've said my piece, and I think we're looking pretty safe for the Hawks. So, yeah. I don't have to
0: kick your ass. <laughs> I don't know, man. The the uh, Maple Leafs could score three goals in the next 54 seconds.
1: Well, they're reviewing this Hall goal. Let's
0: see. It is...
1: Say so it was on Psy. I mean...
0: I think it's good.
1: Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't be. There was no Hawk in the zone, at least not from
0: that view. Yeah, we'll see. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. I want to thank everybody so much for listening. Please hit subscribe however you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, etc. Share this podcast with your friends. It's how we grow the show. Follow us on social media at Sports. Uh, Facebook.com slash Swirsky Sports.com, or ShyFanPat2 for Alex on Twitter slash X or AlexanderJPatCreative.com for all the cool stuff that Alex does and again, thank you guys so much for listening and until next time, bear down Cubs win! What a lucky break! The good Lord wants the Cubs to win! We thank Dick and God for all they have provided Ah! Cubs win! Cubs win! Cubs win! Oh, I don't want her. You can have her. She's a Packer fan. She can't fit in my van. And she looks like... number the- New Yorkers, smoking crack is not legal on planes. Bears, 31 to negative 7.
1: The Bears!
0: Oh, when the Bears go bearing down...